Welcome, everybody. We are back with another edition of the Leo G Show. I am Leo G. Podcasting is what we do. It's another beautiful Monday, fellas. This is our second Monday in a row. We've been consistent with it for two weeks. So we're doing this back-to-back on, on back-to-back Mondays. I think we should give ourselves a round of applause, if I must say so myself. You know what I'm saying? Back at it, fellas. Back at it for another edition of the Leo G Show to talk some Atlanta sports. So before I get into it, I got to introduce my co-host, the fellas that keep the hold us down as we talk about this thing from a fan's perspective. I'm going to give it over to my man in the East, my buddy Derrico over there. What's going on, brother? What's going on, Leo G? It's one of them days where after a long weekend, but hey, we're going to press through it because that's what we do. What up, Banks? What up, there son? Out there to the south, my boy Banks. What's going on, Banks? How y'all feeling, uh, Mr. Leo G? <laughs> What's going on, Derrico? How y'all feeling? Feeling good, man. Hey, man, it's a Monday. It's a it's another manic Monday. That's how I feel. They oh, whooped me today. Hey, I, they got they earned them two dollars. Monday is my regular day off, so you know I I just come in to do this, Derrico. I know you're a man of many hats. Uh, volleyball update this weekend. How'd it go? We rolled up there to Greenville and put the smack down on five teams that couldn't handle it. We didn't lose not one set. Walked off with that championship and got a couple of parents mad because they, you know, they said we were mean. We were mean because we were cheering for our squad. I mean, that's what we come to do. We come to win and cheer for our team. Maybe y'all need to get okay. y'all chill game up up there in Green okay. in Greenville. Okay. Okay. Gainesville. My bad. Gainesville. Gainesville, Gainesville not, not okay, we was in Gainesville, yeah. Georgia, not Greenville, so you can't yeah. even keep up no more, y'all yeah. just every, all yeah, over I'm the telling map. Exactly. <laughs> That's what's up, man. Banks, I'm going to kick it over to you here, man, before we start this thing off proper and talk about, this is going to be a continuation of what we talked about last week. We talked about the Atlanta Falcons and free agency. We didn't get a chance to talk Atlanta Hawks, so we'll hopefully get to do that today. But uh, before we get into the meat of it, man, let everybody know what the fit is, dog. Let everybody know. Real simple. Yes, again, um, second week in a row, guys. I didn't do nothing special. Uh, just rocking with the with the red birds on my head, and I got the throwback. Um, if you know, you know. I mean, my thing is, if you born and raised here with them orange, red, and yellow seats, bro, that was <laughs> where the Flames and the Hawks resided. And also, a special shout-out to Atlanta Knights, who played there as well. Um like I said, if you born and raised, you know it already. I don't have to explain it. So they ain't gotta explain and, it. I'm not. And it's and and basically just um also uh, you didn't ask, but I'm gonna go ahead and tell you anyway. Um not really drinking anything today, you guys. Um but I'm just feeling kinda monstrous, so I'm I'm drinking on my monster. So yeah, that's what I'm doing today. Now we ain't getting we ain't getting paid for that, by the way. So I don't know. They want to kick us some funds. We'll be, we'll gladly take them on the monster energy today. Derrick Cole, man, I'm going to kick it out there to you, man. I see you representing for real for for what we do in the fall, man. Tell everybody what you got on, man. Hey, man, I'm just representing my my my, my business polo because I had to get on some Zoom calls today. Well, teams. So I had to put on something respectable. So I'm representing them foul corner players, our tailgate group. That's what's up. And then this little special hat, y'all may not have seen this, but it's that A, the A, 
And I'm like, my man Banks today. I'm over here on this green Gatorade, baby. <laughs> that lemon lime. <laughs> Lemon lime. Okay, I see. Like I said, it's a it's it's a regular day off for me. I almost used the acronym for RDO, but it's a regular day off for me. So I'm chilling. So I do got a little something in the cup, man. A little rye. I'll, to be honest with you, I poured it. Don't even know what it is. And y'all see the fit, man. I got the Atlanta. You know the 11, the number eleven jersey. We'll get into it in just a minute, man. But I'm still rocking for the house. Got this limited edition new era. Y'all see it. I don't know if I can put it up in the camera. The little fuzzy. Fuzzy uh, Pac-Man Hawk, you know what I'm saying? Same one that Banks got on out there, but it's just a little fuzzy, the little fuzzy one, limited edition new era, man. So let's go ahead and get into the show. A continuation of last week, we got a lot to talk about, a lot to get into, man. Shout out to our listeners, man. Uh, Christine, shout out to my boy Galen, shout out to uh, my boy Theodore Clark. I'm going to get into some of his comments that, uh, you know, he messaged me and tweeted about um, the current situation so we, we can discuss it. Um, we got some material to go off of, man. So first and foremost, fellas, we didn't get it uh, to talk about the combine. Um, I think we started on it, but we didn't really get into the nuts and bolts of it. Banks, I'm going to go over here to you, man. The Underwear Olympics, dude. Um, I think we may have touched on this, man. How valuable of a tool is it when you want to talk about college football players entering the NFL draft? I believe it is a valuable tool, but a lot of people think in this day and age it's no longer needed with social media, with everything that's available, all the resources that teams have to kind of scout these players, the combine has become this archaic ritual. But the NFL has made it something that they can make profitable. Do you feel like the, the combine is still something that we need to pay close attention to to evaluate these collegiate players? Absolutely not, Leo. Um, I stated last time that this is not a – anything in that particular um, – uh, what did you ever call it? Underwear Olympics or whatever it is. Um, it doesn't measure your heart. It doesn't measure your desire or to be on that field. Um, there's, I mean, I guess it's something like a, a, a certain tools you can use, like, like the speed, I guess. But how much can you really do with that? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I was split at first, but I'm totally against it. Like, I, I really, it's a waste of time to me. It's a waste of time. Okay, I get it. I mean, I don't know. So I, I will say this much, Banks, to your point. I guess there are some guys that raised their stock, and we'll get into a couple of players here in just a minute, that kind of did here at the Combine. Um, some of the smaller schools, guys get invited. Uh, get it. So even though, like I said, in this day and age, you have access to a lot of uh, tape, film, social media, guys are able to market themselves like none other before. Derek Cole, I'm going to give it over to you. Your thoughts and takes on the combine and where we are today and, and the evaluation process of these collegiate athletes going into the draft. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm over it. Like Banks was saying, there's so much information out there, so much video. I mean, so much social media. Man, you can send so much information to these folks via electronic means at this point. The tape ain't gonna change. I mean, at this point, it's just a another. I guess the NFL just being the NFL, wanting the limelight, any way, any shape or form, they can get it. I mean, they gotta have it twelve months a year, and that's pretty much all the draft is at this point. Not the draft, the um, combine is at this point. Is the NFL saying we want a part 
of something going on in sports. All right, so let me get, let me pose this question to you, fellas, because this is something I guess we don't really get to see. Uh, as far as, you know, yeah, the running around, the jumping, the throwing, whatever aspects that they want to see on the field, you know what I'm saying, firsthand, close up. Because this is, let's be real, a lot of times this is, you know, uh, uh, on-hand first tape. You can see film, but then, you know, you can actually get to, I hate to use it, say this term, but you actually get to see and feel these guys in person at the Combine for the first time for some of these GMs and teams. So, Banks, I'm going to pose this question to you, and I know that's a really, really raw statement to make. And I'm yeah, gonna make I wouldn't make that, I wouldn't make that, that, that well, comparison like that. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it is. A, you know, and I, I thought about it before I said it, but I'm going to go ahead and finish this up and pass this over to Banks so I can get my thought out here. <laughs> Banks, Banks, so here's the thing. Outside of what we see on the field at the Combine, how do you feel about the other things that the NFL teams get to see? Because, yeah, we do get to see them jump, bench, press, and throw. But then there's also a mental evaluation and a you know a medical evaluation. Um, do you feel like that is important? Or do you feel like each team should do that due diligence and the guys that they want to draft should just do that on their own? Or do you feel like this is something that teams can get a lot of information from when you bring these guys in for, a, for an event like this? You can get a lot of information on uh, medical, uh, I guess the interviews, if you will. You could do a lot of that in the pro days on the actual campus or their school, respective school. Um, if you're interested in that individual, then yeah, do your due diligence and go out there and, and find out what you got to find out. Um, as far as, you know, anything else outside of that, man, I mean, it's, it's it should just be just cut to the point. You know what I'm saying? Your mental makeup, you know, what I'm saying your medical history, that should be all done in accordance. If you are indeed have this person on your draft board, it's like, okay, let's just cut to the chase. Let's start doing these little smoke screens and this um, song and dance and this pony chasing whatever we're doing here with all these other individuals where you have no reason of or in your your realm of thought of, of drafting this individual. So why are we going this direction with them? Whoever that 12 players are, do what you got to do. Keep to the point. Let's get to the point. I got it. Derrico, man, your thoughts on, you know, mental evaluations and medical evaluations um, as a part of the combine. What do you sit with it before we move on? I mean, of course they can't show that part on TV. So for me, like Bank said, just take it to the pro day. I mean, at this point, it's just obsolete. I would like to see, like I said, I think I said this before. The only thing that I really would be interested in is the whole interview process as far as them getting up on the whiteboard, designing plays, and telling what is going to happen with said play, whether it's offensive or defensive player. Other than that, I'm burnt out. All right, I got it, man. So the consensus is the NFL Combine is archaic form of metric to evaluate these players as Banks hits the monster energy drink hard. All right, so since we we come to the conclusion that the, the Combine is antiquated, let's talk about this year's Combine and some of the players that actually raised their stock. Uh, I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on this. The Bulldogs, George Bulldogs, obviously, who we 
you know, are very, very close with, you know, the national, I'm sorry, the national championship, Georgia Bulldogs, um, had quite a few players. Back, back to, to back. back. Get it right, I'm sir. Sorry. My apologies, damn. The back to back, the national champion, Georgia Bulldogs. I'm sorry. I am. I, I totally want to apologize to Bulldog Nation for, for doing that. Back to back national champions. Yes. The back to back Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> back to back champions are Georgia Bulldogs. Quite a few guys that went to the combine. Quite a few guys entered into the NFL draft. Um, just want to talk about a couple. I can't talk about all of them. I want to talk about a couple of guys that may or may have not raised their draft stock going to the combine. And then we'll talk about one specific Bulldog in just a minute. But Banks, I want to get your thoughts here first. Um, quite a few Bulldogs obviously enter in the draft, but there are quite a few marquee names. First name I want to bring to your attention, as we all know, is the quarterback of those back-to-back national championship teams, Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett was a participant in the combine, and uh, apparently he did fairly well. We've had our thoughts on what we think and where we think Stetson Bennett is as a quarterback. I have been a, a quote-unquote cheerleader of Stetson Bennett, the football player, the adversity, what he's been through and what he did um, to get to where he was. Obviously, there's a great backstory. They'll probably make a movie one day about it. But, Banks, I want to get your thoughts on Stetson Bennett and the combine being an actual tool that may have, I don't know, uh, elevated his stock a little bit. I mean, if you if you were feeling some type of way about Stetson Bennett, give me some input as to how you see teams that evaluated him in the combine and say, you know what, maybe it's a little bit more to Stetson Bennett than just you know what we see because we we've all looked at it and said, you know, this guy is not going is not an NFL starter, right? But how could some teams take what they saw with him at the combine and say he will be? somebody that we can utilize and he, he, you know, he might be a clipboard warrior, but this guy is a actual football player. Again, I don't know how you can go by an individual and some throwing uh, spots in, in your underwear. Um, you're not in pads. You got nobody bearing down your neck. You, 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 you're, you're playing pitch and catch in the backyard. If it's something that you have a desire of an individual, you sit down, you talk to that person, you sit down and you go over some matrix one-on-one that, that would get more information besides me throwing the ball 60 yards down the field. All right. So, okay. So let's, let's bypass the combine question. Let's bypass the combine question. Let's just get right into the meat of it. Banks. Where do you stand now? Okay. Let's, so where do you stand now? Stetson Bennett knowing what he did at Georgia where do you see him fall in the draft, and how do you feel teams would best utilize Stetson Bennett um, if they do take him? Um, I still see him in a lower, like fifth round, sixth round. Um, he would probably be a good person to bring in as a backup to learn behind a veteran. Um, I know that's a slight on Stetson Bennett, but I still I don't see him as a a, a true starter. That's just me, and. and you know, for the, the Bulldog Nation come after me with pitchforks and 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 run me out of town. I'm just saying, let's back up, let's let's pump the brakes a little bit about you know him being, you know, a starter for an NFL team. Okay, all right, Derek, I'm gonna bring it over to you before I give my thoughts on the situation on Stetson Bennett. But I want to talk about another quarterback. Um, so let's just bypass the combine talk and let's just get into the meat of 
why this team, why these teams should pick this guy up. Because obviously his stock has rised based upon what we saw at the combine. Anthony Richardson, quarterback of the Florida Gators. Let's talk about him for a second. This guy has shot up the draft boards every kind of which way. Um, almost to the talk of this guy could be the number one pick. How do you feel about <laughs> Anthony Richardson? And no, I mean, sir, I know I'm, I'm, I know you're laughing, but th- there is serious conversations and discussions about him possibly being the number one pick. Carolina Panthers actually hold a number one pick right now. I mean, his combine was off the charts. Obviously, you guys are in the mindset of that doesn't matter. His work of art at Florida, his resume at Florida really doesn't say a lot. But how do you feel about where he is now on the draft board and where he's put himself um, coming up here in April? I'm just baffled, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm just absolutely baffled. If we're going to talk about what happens on the field, I haven't seen it. You know I'm a Florida State slash Georgia fan, so I see it on both ends. I see it when they play FSU. I see it when they play UGA. And guess what? Not impressed. Not at all. If that guy get, if he's one of the top three quarterbacks in this draft, somebody going to get fired after the season. That's all I got to say about that. I mean, I, I truly do believe that he is going to be one of the top quarterbacks picked in this draft. Um, and I, it, to be honest with you, I feel the same way that probably you guys feel. I don't know what these guys are seeing. Um, I mean, yeah, athletically, this guy is gifted. But like you said, Banks, if, I, if, if we take the measurements that Banks, the resume at Florida is not great. The winning percentage wasn't great. But a lot of people argue he didn't have a lot of talent around him at Florida. But uh, this guy has, you know, propelled himself via the the combine or whatever has made his way into being, you know, the, one of the top level quarterbacks that could be taken, possibly number one overall. I mean, it's yet to be determined. The draft is coming up here um, in a couple of weeks, so we, we'll see how that works out. So moving forward, um, and we can kind of try it back to this. If you want, you guys want to talk about any of these other. Uh, names that I'm talking about here. Just a couple of notable names. So the next guy that I want to talk about, very kind of, I don't want to say controversial, but he's been uh, in the news a lot um, because of some of the things that happened to him while he was in college. And that's Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter, Jalen Carter arguably was the consensus number one pick going after the the uh, national championship. If you guys can remember that all the talks of Jalen Carter and all of a sudden not going into the details. There was some legal issues. There were some things that came up about his time. You know what happened with him at UGA? He was actually arrested. Um, some misdemeanor charges were brought against him. So now there were some questionable things about his character. I personally believe that this guy is a hell of a football player. We've watched him, you know, the last couple of years at UGA just completely dominate. Um, and I think he would be a great pick for any team here in this draft, but apparently he is no longer coveted at that number one spot. Like I said, Carolina Panthers had a number one spot. It's apparent that they're going to go after a quarterback. Banks, I'm coming over to you. I feel this guy's still a top-tier talent. With Even with 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 the character issues, whatever you want to call them, where do you stand at Jalen Carter? Has this guy dropped out of the top 10? Some people have even said he's dropped out of the first round, which I find that very hard to believe. I don't think this guy has dropped out of the first round. I think, if anything, that teams are going to lock down even harder on trying to get this guy. How do you feel about Jalen Carter and where his draft stock is as of right now, Banks? Listen, this man is a 
top, not a top 10, he's a top three talent, okay? Don't let the fact that he, he's still a kid, y'all. He's still an individual who's young and he's he, he does, he, we all did young, stupid things when we were young, did we not? I mean, this guy went out there and took his car and, and just went hog wild in it, okay? Um, no disrespect to the people that lost their lives, but I mean, again, I mean, are we are we going to put that all on him when the person who was driving the car had a decision to make? But that's neither here nor there. We don't want to talk about the whole situation, but what did your eyes show you on the field for Jalen Carter? You saw a monster out there. Forever, for the rest of my life, when I think of this man, I think about him holding that quarterback in LSU with one finger in the air. That was an iconic moment for him. It was an iconic moment for the uh, this, uh, UGA. And that takes a lot of... Uh, for a man, uh, uh, a man his size to lift up another man his size with one arm and the number finger in the, the number one in the air that takes a lot and he didn't even he he was smiling and and and, and having this big macho moment the whole time going off the field i mean that was <laughs> awesome i mean listen He's so, so, so Banks, you're just top three talent. Top three talent. Out the first, he's does not it drop? Out the first round. No. And if he does, right. teams are making a huge mistake. Derek Cole, I'm gonna bring it over to you here. J- Jalen Carter, where do we where do we see Jalen Carter? How do you feel about his draft stock? And how do you feel about where we stand with him right now? I, I've said it before. Let him slide to eight. Let him slide to eight. And Font no. And Nielsen bet not let him get past number eight. That's how I feel about it. And now, whoever's talking about he's dropping out is is blowing smoke of your butt, Banks' butt, my butt, and whoever butt that want to be a part of this butt joke. That's how that's I mean, how that goes. I mean, we all know he's a football draft. player. He's a football <laughs> player that that's number one. Like Banks said. Hey, we can't continue to to hug the narrative around this young dude. Let him I mean, slip past all, eight. We're gonna have some problems in the, Atlanta. We all know that the the draft leading up to the draft is a bunch of smoking mirrors. We all know teams say things. These reporters, these quote unquote official reporters, by the by, mind I add you, to have their quote unquote sources within these different organizations and teams. You know they like to throw smoke screens. It's it's a it's a big, you know, just you know, smoke and mirrors dance leading up into draft night. Who knows what? Um, I think there was an actual movie with Kevin Costner. I want to say it was draft day back in the day that actually you know talked about the events or the day leading up to draft and how these things actually uh you know come about. But me personally with Jalen Carter, man, uh, I'm absolutely all in on what this guy brings to the field. Um. You know, I think a lot of teams, you know, with some intrepidation will feel like, okay, where are we with him? And where I are, are, like, trip me up. Where where are we going to be with his, you know, maturation? How mature is he? And if we give this guy a lot of money, 
is he going to be able to put away some of those things that he did at UGA and focus on football? So I think that's the question. I feel like, you know, given the right circumstances, this, this guy will be okay. And, and Derrico, yes, at number eight, there should be running to the podium if he's there, but we will see. So I want to get into something else here, guys, here, as we move along here with the show. Um, can and we I kind of circle can, back to these guys. Can I say one thing? Go ahead. Yeah, sure. Can I mention just one player? Go ahead. Weed Mass, Larry, was it Larry Thompson? Larry Thompson. Thompson? Yeah, that's all I got to say. You see what happened to him? Laramie, Laramie Thompson, yeah. Yeah, yeah you see what happened to him? And you see what happened yeah. to him? And you see what he did? Yeah, okay. He, he's he, he's an all-pro athlete. All right, there's no question about it, man. He's He's been doing his thing. So, yeah, we'll see. Jalen Carter, like I said, top-tier talent. In my opinion, is still that guy. Um, so we'll see actually where he ends up on draft night. So guys moving forward here, there's a lot of talk and I want to kind of get this out and I want to talk to talk about the narrative that is here in Atlanta about where we stand. And I talked about this on the last podcast. So I want to give a lot of attention to this. So I want to make sure that we got this in because there was some news today that came out that is very, um, pertinent to what I'm about to talk about banks. I'm going to talk to you here first about this quarterback room situation here in Atlanta. Let's just be real. Let's just, let's, let's be real. There is a lot of talks amongst the fans here in this city, especially some of the fans that I interact with personally on an everyday basis, that there is no confidence, no confidence in the quarterback room here in Atlanta. Now that's, that's, that's not me talking. Those are people that I talk to. Those are some of my close associates and friends that, are Falcons fans that have no confidence in the quarterback room right now here in Atlanta and feel as though there needs to be something drastic done at the quarterback position. We talked about this on the last podcast. Desmond Ritter is basically by default, I guess, the incumbent starter. Uh, You brought in Taylor Heineke and the other guy that's currently on in the quarterback room that I won't mention because you guys had a fit the last time I said his name. So now, Banks, I want to pose this question to you, and I want you to be completely honest, open, and transparent about it. Where do we stand as Falcons fans, and where is our confidence level in the quarterback room? Because we'll talk about it here in just a minute. There are a lot of people that are saying they that this quarterback room is unacceptable, and we need to either be looking at other means to bring somebody in at quarterback or possibly at number eight drafting the quarterback or even even the thought of trading up to take one of these available quarterbacks in this draft so i want to get your thoughts on banks and and i want to hit it too heavy just where do you feel and where is your confidence level at the quarterback room here with this with this organization well you're not the only one who hear the you know the grumblers about the quarterback room um where i stand um you it's no way you can figure out a quarterback and what he's worth and what he can do in four games. There's absolutely no way. So with the quarterback room that we have with Ritter and with Heineke, Heineke was brought in to be an insurance policy just in case Ritter doesn't pan out. But again, you got to go a whole year to know if he doesn't pan out or not. This fan base here is very, very impatient. Okay. You keep bringing up these past, um, losing seasons i mean get real y'all we've been having losing seasons for 50 almost 50 years now i'm over it i mean it is what it is 
build a team right, and let's go. I, I don't care about, you know what I'm saying, going to get one quarterback or dynamic quarterback just to, you know, tickle your fancy, you know, for a couple of games. I want to win with the, with the team. All right. Look, Derek, I'm going to pass this over to you. Um, just to kind of piggyback off of what I said to Banks and, and where Banks is and how he feels. Um, Theodore Clark, one of my close uh, friends and associates, uh, we talked quite a bit about football. I want to get your take on the comments that he's made here and where do you feel um, in reference to the same question that I just asked Banks. So Theodore Clark has told me several on several occasions that in order to build a football team, your cornerstone has to start out with the quarterback position and obviously a left tackle. Those are the two positions that you need as a cornerstone on your franchise. And I quote, Ted told me that the Panthers in our division, NFC South, has planted a flag to pocket the NFC South for the next 10 years, meaning that they moved up to take the number one pick and they are trying to find their franchise quarterback for the next 10 years. Giving that and the question I just posed to Banks, do you feel like right now the Falcons franchise is doing enough at that position to put themselves and make themselves a front runner. Uh, not just the start being the best team in the NFC South and then moving forward, putting themselves in the driver's seat in position to compete year in and year out for a championship with what we have right now. Y'all know I'm going to beat this dead horse. I'm just going to keep beating this dead horse. So y'all just going to have to bear with me because you keep asking me about quarterback situation. Again, this won't be no conversation if we had did this two years ago. So I'm going to leave that alone. Currently, the quarterback situation, it is what it is. Either they're going to ride with Ritter, or they're going to say, if he's not going to get it done, they're going to say, Haneke, use a solid backup. There you go. Are we going to draft the quarterback? More than likely. I mean, you already got a veteran because we don't have a third quarterback. We need somebody. We don't have one. I care what you say. So, yeah, we are. And I agree with Mr. Clark on this part that Carolina said that they're going to get a guy that they know and believe will be their franchise quarterback for the next 10-plus years. We really can't say that with confidence that we have our franchise quarterback for the next 10 years. We just can't. If that's the case, we waited, if, if that's the case, we wouldn't have waited until four or five games remaining in the season to put Ritter out there. Pass is the pass. I mean, I get what you're saying about what we should have done two years ago with with possibly drafting a quarterback, but it's that's neither here nor there. We are where we are right now. But and it I is, but it is, Leo, but it is. It is here or there. We would have had a two year head start on the scrubs. I don't think we would have had a two year head start. Okay. I mean, your opinion matters. Two-year head start, I mean, that's 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 hard to say. I mean, we can't, we don't know where somebody or a particular person would have been if we would have drafted them, how far along they would be and if they would be where we, you know, would want them to be. I mean, this is a, this is a question that's going to continue to come up in Falcons fan circles for quite some time until I guess the consensus is we have that guy, you know, and I think that there's a lot of people out there that just don't they don't know um that's why we'll talk about something else here in just a moment i want to circle this back around here to banks 
and this is how I feel about it personally, man. This is this is a wait and see situation. This is fluid. And Banks, you've made the statement that we need to build a team. Patience is key as a fan of this organization. How patient do we need to be, Banks? Because in this day and age, this is not a pay. This, you know, we have accepted the fact that we're kind of long in the tooth when it comes to us being fans. But the generation behind us are not very patient. So where do we, how long do we need to wait in, in terms of evaluating where we are? I mean, we do have Desmond Ritter. Let's see what we have. But I mean, are we going to go with pitchforks and torches to Mercedes-Benz the second game of this season? If Desmond Ritter isn't lighting up and looking like some of the, you know, top tier quarterbacks in this league. Well, let me ask you this question. What if that second week of the, of the season, he is lighting it up and putting score and putting numbers on the scoreboard at the same time, we give it up the same amount, bigger or bigger number on defense. Do you feel the same way then? Are you okay at the point that at least we got a quarterback that can show out and 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 put numbers on the board, but we can't stop a nosebleed? So I, I I ask people this all the time: Where was it? Does it matter if a quarterback can show out if your defense can't stop nobody versus you have no quarterback and we still can't stop nobody. So you're upset about that, but it seems like you'll be satisfied with a quarterback. You know, if okay, bring your quarterback in. Can you stop anybody? You're not going to outscore teams on a weekly basis. Okay. You're not, you don't even have the makeup of, of receivers or, or a line of scrimmage for that matter. That's the most important one to light up a team. So, what what are we doing here? What what are we what are we going to sit there and say, no, let's get this team right for a damn change? And I'm sick of I'm sick I of talking about this. It's just, Banks, I mean it, it is. I think it's a, it's a broken record. I'm tired of talking about it too, obviously, but it's something that keeps coming up. Like I said, Banks, and this is funny because the passion that you just had behind the defense, I don't see that, and I don't hear that from other fellow Falcons fans when I talk to them. This that's something that is a mute point. Even the fact that we saw a team make it to the Super Bowl with a damn good defense, their counterpointing argument was they were lit up by a superior quarterback. So I think the eye test now is, hey, look, you have to have that guy behind the center in order to be relevant. And I'm just, I'm just, I, I don't think that's not how I feel, but that's just where a lot of people are because I don't get on Twitter, I don't get on social media, or I don't talk to other people at the barbershop, and they say, oh, yeah, we need to get this defensive end. The first thing that comes up is we need to find that guy at quarterback. Banks, I'm going to come back to you because I want to really come over here to Derrico with something that he he's tired of, but we got we to gotta address it. We got to come back with it. So today there was some news that broke, and obviously I don't feel like it's really relevant to our organization, but we need to talk about it because it's something that's out there. It's been talked about locally here in the media and every damn beat sports writer with an opinion feels a certain way about it. So Derek, I'm going to talk to you about this first. The Lamar Jackson situation has been an ongoing situation. If you want to call it that since it started here uh, about him going into this off season. So apparently Lamar Jackson's, if you want to call it a camp, cause he's representing himself, him, he, Personally, he said that he requested a trade uh, to be traded from the Baltimore Ravens. Obviously, he has to sign that franchise tag tender in order for them to do that. Um, owners meeting going on right now in Phoenix. Harbaugh said that he expected for Lamar Jackson to be the starting quarterback week one 
for the Baltimore Ravens. This has been an ongoing thing. And the reason it's an ongoing thing here with the Falcons is because since there has been an inkling of Lamar Jackson leaving, the first team that he's been linked to is the Atlanta Falcons. Like I said, if you read any article, even on ESPN, that four-letter word that you hate so much, Derrico, after the Falcons have publicly, I guess, came, well, they didn't really publicly, but there were quote-unquote sources that said that they weren't interested in this Lamar Jackson quote-unquote sweepstakes. But there are people that are still linking him to this team. What does that tell you? I know that you're tired of it, but what does that tell you about where we stand with this organization and where other people view us as as opposed, you know, with being linked to somebody like Lamar Jackson? Slow media, I, I guess. I mean, what is there to talk about? What is there to talk about right now besides Lamar Jackson being the story, the headline right now in the NFL? That's it. You can't talk. You can't talk about other teams. You can't talk about Brett. Thirty-two Fine. other teams in the NFL, though. Thirty-two other teams. You can't talk in the about. NFL. You can't and talk about Aaron Rodgers. Since this story has broke, they've talked a little bit about Aaron Rodgers, but this has not been a bit. The, the Lamar Jackson story, in my opinion, has been a bigger story than the Aaron Rodgers story for some reason. I don't know. Maybe it's because of the market that we live in. But it's like thirty-two other teams out there in the NFL. You mean to tell me that not, none of these other teams? You can say, like I said, I, I read today, 13, per, 13 teams that are a fit for Lamar Jackson. And this, this writer wrote it backwards from 13 all the way to one. Who's the best fit for Lamar Jackson and who should pursue him as of right now today on, on March 27th? And the number one team on that list was Lamar Jackson. It was the Falcons. I'm sorry, with the Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons were the number one team that should go after Lamar Jackson at all costs. I mean, Am I missing something? No, I mean, what you want us to do with that? I mean, we that, that's his opinion. That's a writer's opinion. I mean, it's an easy, lazy journalism to put Lamar Jackson with Atlanta. Why? So you can connect the dots with that guy behind me. That's all it is. That's it. That's it. And and yeah, so I'm I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna entertain it no more. Banks, I'm gonna bring it over to you, man. Like I said, what what is the love affair with like like Derrico just said, connecting the dots, Lamar Jackson, Atlanta, and that guy that's on the wall behind Derrico? You just answered your question. That is what it is. I mean, it was um to connect the dots with the guy behind Derrico's head. And I can go further with not just uh, Lamar Jackson. I mean, I can go down a plethora of quarterbacks that has been rumored to come to Atlanta that has the skill set just like that guy behind Derrico's head. So, I mean, listen, we all know what it's going to be like this after the next quarterback that comes available after Lamar Jackson, who has the same components and same skill set like that guy behind Derrico's head. So, until that happens until we get one. It's going to be a, a front line discussion in this fan base and this franchise. Not only just the fan base, obviously the media as well. Well, the obviously media, the media listen, as well. Like, it's lazy, like Derrick said. It's lazy journalism. All they they haven't really looked into what it would cost for this man to come here. Listen, we had our host field on this team 
I'll be the first one like, yeah, come bring them in. Let's go. Let's go ahead and get the ship. No, we got so much other stuff we got to do. I can't even put my, I don't even know where to begin to even talk about what this team needs. But we need everything. Gotcha. Everything. Everything. All right. Hey, look. I got you, Banks. Look, I didn't want to talk hard too much on it. I just wanted to get it out there because, like I said, it's been a topic of a topic of conversation. I wanted to bring it back around. I don't think I'm gonna circle the wagons again about it until, you know, later on here, possibly, you know, down the road. That's a topic of conversation that I don't think we need to discuss anymore on the podcast because you guys have given your opinion. I've given mine as well. So listen, uh, we'll talk about the draft at number eight, and we'll continue to talk about this moving forward until we get to the draft. I know it's still too early to tell. A lot of mock drafts are out. Realistically, I want to get you guys' opinion on where we stand um, at number eight. Where do you feel realistically? What the Falcons do at, at number eight? And and what who you want them to take at number eight? I'm going to go first here, by the way. Realistically, man, there's been a lot of talk about the Falcons getting better on defense. Where on defense, I don't know. Um, the consensus seems to be that at number eight, the Falcons will take a defensive player, but it's kind of a mix up as to where, what kind of defensive player they take. Uh, realistically, I mean, it's starting to look like I'm starting to kind of drink the Kool-Aid on the defensive back situation. And a lot of these mock drafts are out there. It makes a lot of sense. I know, uh, I, you know, some people are, are probably say, Hey, I, I don't want to see another cornerback. I don't want to see a cornerback at number eight, but Hey, like banks said, we need help. Everywhere, and if we take a cornerback at number eight, I would be fine. The Joey Porter Juniors, the Christian uh, Gonzalez's have been, all been linked at the number eight position for the Falcons. Um, so I would not be mad at that um, from a realistic standpoint if they did go out and get those guys. But we won't know until draft night. Me personally, I still think that we need to get right in the trenches. And who I would love to see if Jalen Carter is still there. Obviously, I want I would want the Falcons to run to the board to take this guy and take a chance on him. And for once, I want them to prove us wrong with the Falcons filter. I want, you know, this quote unquote Falcons filter. I want them to prove this fan base wrong. Take a chance on a guy that is a legit football player. Set aside the other stuff that's going on and take a chance on him or to take the best offensive lineman available. Plug and play him wherever we need to do and take the best offensive line lineman available. So those are the two. That, that's where I'm at with the draft right now, and we'll talk about it more and more moving forward. There's going to probably be a lot more talk of trading up, trading back. There's always, like I said, the smoke and mirror game. Derrico, I'm going to bring it over to you realistically. What do you see the Falcons doing right now, as of right now, with the number eight pick, and how do you feel personally what you want them to do with the number eight pick? Well, <clears throat> if we're going to go with history with this regime, I mean – they probably going to pick a specialty player. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just saying. And we gonna, we don't went tight end wide receiver. So I wouldn't be surprised if they picked that running back from Texas. I'm just going to, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest. I would not be surprised. That's their MO right now. Now, what I want them to do again, trenches. We're going to start in the middle of the heart of the defense. That's where I want to start. If, if Jalen slide to eight, it better be a no-brainer. If not, we do still need some back-end help. So I would not be mad if we went and got a cornerback or another safety. I wouldn't. All right, now, before we move on to the next topic. We do need another interior lineman. I don't know who's projected that high. 
but I wouldn't reach, but I wouldn't be mad. Offensive or defensive interior lineman? Offensive or defensive? Offense. I already addressed the defense. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Banks motions as to both. All right, Banks, I'm going to get this to you here before we move on to the next topic. Same question. Realistically, where do you see the Falcons going at number eight? And we'll revisit this, um, of course, as the draft gets closer. Realistically, where the Falcons go and your choice and what you will want at the number eight pick. Well, again, to, to piggyback off what Derrico said with the MO of the Falcons, I will please, I hope they don't do this. But I will hope they will do something out the ordinary. First and foremost, if Jalen Carter has fallen to eight, as like we all said, they better be tripping and falling to that podium, passing that, that card in to, to, to select Jalen Carter. But if they don't, and he's taken in the top five, whatever. I would like to have a guy, uh, I think his name is uh, Tyree Wilson, edge rusher from Texas Tech. I would love to have that guy. I watched the, his film. He looks very explosive out there, and it's something we probably need on that end, you know, and we, we talk about interior. Yes, interior is very important. We need to address that edge, too. All right. Throwing out a, a, a name, just a short answer. Um, Calais Campbell has been linked to the Falcons came in for a visit. Would you like to see him? Yes or no banks? I guess. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not high on it. I yes mean, or no. Yes or no. I guess. Yes. I guess. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Derek, O, bring it over to you. Calais Campbell has been linked, came in for me with the Falcons. Yes or no. Would you like to see him in the Falcons uniform? 100% yes. And I won't go into detail. Okay. All right, hey, I'm I'm all for it, man. I'm all for it. We can get into the details of it if he gets signed here later on. We we talked about the other free agent signings, but I'm all on board with Calais Campbell at 36 years old. The guy recorded five sacks as an interior lineman. He's a beast of a player. But like I said, we'll talk about that at a later date. All right, guys, we're gonna move forward here. Went a little bit over, but we're still within our time constraints and limits to talk about this next topic here because we hadn't talked about him in quite some time, and that's the Atlanta Hawks. Yes. The Atlanta Hawks, man, and there's a lot to talk about. And um, we're probably going <laughs> to continue to talk about them. I'm going to – I've been told to give some more time to them on the podcast, which I will do here um, until the season is, is over. Banks, I'm going to go over to you here because um, we didn't get a chance to talk about first. The first big thing with the Hawks is fire, Nate McMillan is gone. We talked about Nate McMillan, this team. Did he relate to this team? There was a lot going on here with them and just like it seemed just like he just was not clicking on the same page with this team so event he's since been you know relieved of his duty the hawks immediately hire uh quinn snyder as the new head coach i think he came over from the utah jazz um he was with the utah jazz previously and now he's with the atlanta hawks your thoughts on the firing of nate mcmillan was it long overdue and your thoughts on the new coach quinn snyder um, the way I feel about it, I wasn't a big McMillan fan in the first place. Uh, I think we jumped the gun when he was interim coach. Um, he took the team to a a playoff run. I, I was about to say something else, but I, I'm, I'm gonna keep that to myself. Um, it was a playoff run, and you shouldn't jump the gun that soon. I mean, it was like I don't know. It didn't. It didn't seem like a match then. So you bring it in, um, Quinn, um, I guess after his demise, I, I feel like that's a good move. Only time will tell. But again, I have to see more on the uh, personnel side to make a clear judgment of the coach. All right. Derek, I'm going to pose you the same question. Obviously, 
Nate is gone. He's been fired. Quinn Snyder comes in. Was this long overdue? Did you feel like in order to get this team moving in the right direction, they, they, the players were just not responding to Nate anymore. And maybe Nate had lost his way. A lot of people are saying that, you know, Nate was old school. He really could not connect with the players as far as like what's needed to, to play today's quote unquote game. He was a former NBA player. I think that he was, in my opinion, um, was could adapt to any situation, but apparently he couldn't. Um, and we'll get into some some more particulars here in just a minute about that. What do you stand, Derrico? I mean, it was time. It was actually they 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 waited too late. I won't go as far as 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 Banks and say they jumped a gun on hiring him, uh, but I will say they waited too late to fire him. That's for sure. That is for sure. Um, as far as his style, I think that has something to do with it. I mean, when you come out and just basically say that you're thinking about retiring at the end of the year, you basically had already checked out. So at that point, what are we waiting on? Well, I mean, what are we waiting on? Snyder, I'm still the jury still out on him. I mean, he's, I, I, I'm really trying to grab, grasp my head around the fact that they hired him um, at the end of the year like this, where, I just don't. I just don't know if the guys' heads are still in it. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to be a it's a catch twenty two situation that he got put in. He's going to be able to evaluate the, the players that he wants to moving forward next year. That's the only thing that I can say is the plus about them hiring Snyder at this juncture. Obviously, yeah. Um, kind of a. Weird situation. I don't. I can't remember or recall the last time I've seen somebody get fired and somebody get hired just like that. Usually, you have an interim coach and then it runs out and then they um, start the process at the end of the season. So it's kind of a weird situation, obviously. Uh, Banks, because we kind of pressed against the time. Um, short answers here: Hawks and playoffs and where we are. I mean, they just. Uh, they, they 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 won against the Pacers on Saturday. I I believe it was yesterday. Took a L to the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, is this is this is this over? Can we cap this and say, uh, hey, we're we're already into next season and looking and looking for this? Or do you think that there's still some steam and possibly them doing something here late? Um, short answer. Let's go. Uh, let's go next season. Um. <laughs> it's just not, it's it's for I, what I saw at the game where they want they played against the Grizzlies, the team's checked out. I mean, I, I I it's if it's not one thing it's another. You know, what I'm saying it's always that one player that you think is going to pull through doesn't. And I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm I threw my hands up on them long time ago, man. I think they this too inconsistent for me. They got a clean house and they got to they got to start somewhere. They got to blow it up, bro. I I can't keep hoping and praying that they'll find some kind of electricity and, and turn that switch and that switch is never, never on. So yeah, next year. Derrico passing it over to you, brother. Um, is it time to go ahead? Like, you know, banks all but short of said, blow it up. I think those are his kind of sentiments where you are with, you know, this season, obviously, and then moving forward here into next season and, and what they do here as we pressed up against um, the mark. Oh, it's a wrap. It's a wrap, or I S S A. It's a wrap. Yeah, it's a wrap. No, nah, they too inconsistent. You know, they'll win one game, get to five hundred, 
can't get over 500. Like, I, that just blows my mind that you've been stuck on getting over 500 the last six weeks of the season. I think uh, and I want stat. and, and Derrick, I want to say it's a record. That. There's some type of yeah. stat about them. Stat. like the first team in NBA history to do that. Right, that, that, <laughs> just, that just blows stat, my mind. Yeah. That just absolutely blows my mind. So yeah, man, it's, it's, it, it's they're gonna have to eat some. Uh, yeah, they're gonna have to do something. Um, yeah, I think the word I think the word for this team this year, and I think we can all agree on this, is inconsistent man these guys have been so inconsistent and mid whatever you want to call it i mean and we we kind of joked about this with the hawks they play up to their talent level but then they started to prove us wrong on that because you know you lose to like crappy teams we go back to a couple of weeks ago or a week ago when you lost to san antonio you was up you literally scored 80 points in the first half and you came back out and laid an egg in the second half and lost to a Banks, this San Antonio not even a mid team. They are just like bottom barrel NBA pickings, man. Then you come listen, out, obviously. Let's let's <laughs> don't don't stop at San Antonio. You lost to Charlotte Hornets three times. Detroit, <laughs> Charlotte. Okay, I mean you so, lost to some very very bad teams, and then you people want to say, oh, they beat Golden State. Obviously, Golden State has been struggling on the road this year, and you had to pull everything every. Fiber of your body, as Banks would say, to do that, to beat them. <laughs> so, I mean, the top tier teams you have struggled against. You you did have some a couple of marquee wins. You would look to say, okay, hey, we really need this win against Memphis, who is, by the way, one of the best teams in the West. And you fell short. You played them off, you played them hard, but you just couldn't take it over. So, yeah, mid banks, that's a good word. Mid. Mid, mid. All right, fellas here, man. We are at the mark here too. Quick things before we we check out. We get off. We had a good podcast today. I wanted to talk about and just basically, are you worried or not worried? You don't have to go into detail, but I did want to get this topic out. I'll go first here. Atlanta United suffers the biggest loss in their franchise history this past Saturday against Columbus Crew. Six to one. Obviously, we were short seven players due to international duties, um, but it still nonetheless was a bad look. I'll go first. I'm not worried. Who seven players? Seven players. I mean, obviously, you know, to to beat Portland the way that we did, and then to have seven players get called up for international duty and play a Columbus team in Columbus. Yeah, I, I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried at all. Uh, Banks, I'm gonna go over to you. Are you worried about this loss that we suffered against Columbus? It's the fifth game of the season, guys. No, I'm not worried. Derrick, bring it over to you. Are you worried or not about this game? Worst loss in franchise history with Atlanta United. <laughs> hey, it is what it is. No. <laughs> hey, all right. Sometimes you gotta take. Sometimes you gotta take a, a, a ass whooping. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you just gotta take a ass whooping and bring you bring you back down to earth. And I think that's what's gonna happen. Now they come up there next on Saturday with that. And then we can talk. <laughs> hey, man, we got a tough Red Bulls team. Obviously, a, a, a history with the Red Bulls, a team that has historically given us fits. I mean, you know, right. we, we we have a very big rivalry with the Red Bulls. So, yeah, Derrico, I think it'll be long, something to say if we how come long is, out. How long is the international call-up? Remember, like, two weeks? So, are these, are these folks so, yeah. still be out? 
if I'm I, I don't quote me on this, but I think that we still are probably missing some players this week because I think I want to say Almada or Jamal. I'm butchering this guy's name. Ziamakis is still playing over in Europe because I mean there was a lot of um, back and forth about Almada. Obviously, the games they're playing in Argentina are friendlies. They're not, um, you know, they but you know, Concacaf nations. Miles Robinson was called up. Obviously, they beat Grenada the other night. That's a that's a real game. Um, what Giamakis and Greece are playing over in Europe, I want to. Uh, it's a real game with real implications. Uh, Tiago Ambato went to go play with Argentina. I think those are a couple of friendly games that they got going on down there. No real implications. So people were kind of in their feelings about him going down there. Um, I don't know if you guys heard or not. Uh, we would have really been shorthanded. They wanted um, our man uh, 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 Caleb. Um, Caleb Wiley, they wanted the you the under twenty squad wanted to call him up to go play. We had to turn them down, obviously, <laughs> because if we if we would have called if he would have got called up, man, we would have been slim pickings. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm not worried worried about this, man. Yeah. This is what happens in soccer. But I have I have bigger problems with MLS than the Atlanta United. I mean, why allow your product to get watered down when you can do something about it? That's a question, and hopefully we can get Reggie on. Shout out to my man Reggie um, to come in and talk about you know some MLS talking and what's go- what goes on because I know it's 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 hard to understand like any other sport. And I wanted to talk about another topic, here, but all the other sports you you don't see this, but this is something that happens even right now over in Europe. You're still in the midst of your regular season, making pushes toward the championship where you guys you got guys getting called up for international duty. That's just a part of this sport. And does it water it down? Yes. But, I mean, it's just, you know, if you've been following soccer for a while, I mean, this is something that you just got to get through. I mean, there are a lot of different things uh, in soccer that you got to compete with. I mean, like, you know, we all know that, you know, there are tournaments inside of the regular season um, in the premiership as well as the MLS. You got the U.S. the U.S. Open Cup, you know what I'm saying? And you got to compete in the MLS. And now they've added – um, this tournament that we have with like, Liga Max this year. So it's a lot of different things that you got to compete with. You got to be able to um, utilize your talent and be very, very creative uh, with the talent that you have. So that's something that hopefully we'll be able to talk about here with Reggie here uh, coming up soon um, with, with the soccer talk. One last thing before we close this thing out, guys, uh, the MLB comes out. Well, specifically Atlanta Braves come out with the Nike City Edition uniforms today. Um, thoughts on those uniforms, Banks? Uh, I know you saw them. Like you said, Braves near and dear to your heart. How do you feel about it, man? Before we close this thing out, man, it's something that you think you're gonna pick up? Oh, absolutely. Um, this is uh, the pay homage to the king himself um, in that era. I loved. I always loved those jerseys. Um, Good modern twist to them. I, I really like it. Looks real clean. Love them. The A. <laughs> Derek O. Thoughts on these uh, city edition jerseys, man. The A. That right there. That's the that's the staple of Atlanta. The A. And love them. Live them. I wish they could all have hey, four on the back of them. Or 40. <laughs> 44. 42. Absolutely, man. 44? 42, I'm sorry. 44? Yeah. I don't know. What, what was happening? Hey, I, I think it's 44. It's 44. 44, yeah. It's 44, 
So yes, forty four with Hammer Hank, man. So yeah, paying paying homage to to uh, a legend here in this city, and a legend of baseball in general, uh, Hank Aaron, man, with those new city. If you haven't seen them, go online and check them out. Um, they're all over the place, man. I think I might. I don't know, man. I got a lot of Atlanta Atlanta gear, man. I might have to cop cop one of them bad boys, man. They look they look good. Hey, I'm gonna tell y'all now. I ain't bought no Falcon gear in a while, but they about to make me go to the store. They done brought back these um. These old school emblem jerseys and shirts and hats and shirts yeah. and jackets with dirty bird on them. The graphic tees, yeah, they look pretty the nice, man. So yeah, yeah. So I, I, I want to talk about that draft. That draft they had is trash. Yeah, that's that, 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 that is trash. That draft trash. they had is trash. Yeah, yeah trash. I said. It. So, <laughs> so look, fellas, we're at, we're at our time. Um, obviously, man, like I said, we're gonna be um, more consistent with doing the show. Hopefully, next Monday we'll be able actually. Next Monday, I will not be able to record the show, guys. Just to let you all know, I'll be taking a trip up to Augusta, to Augusta National, um, to see a practice round at the Masters, guys. So I won't, will not be able to record next Monday, but hopefully on the next week, I'll be able to come back and we'll talk about that, man. This has been a sports bucket list for me, obviously, with the Live Golf Tour. I don't know if you guys follow golf like that, but with the Live Golf, golf Tour, we lost a lot of marquee names to go get the big paycheck with live but hey man this is still something that i have wanted to do for quite some time since i'm an avid golfer let's go up to augusta national and actually um see this banks what's up nothing you said you're an avid golfer okay <laughs> i know you didn't I am, I am. chime me in on that i just couldn't let it slide but I'm okay, whatever. Yes, I am an avid golfer. If 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 you want to come challenge me out on the golf course, then you're more than welcome. Listen, man, this has been another edition of the Leo G Show, man. You can always catch us on Facebook. We appreciate all you guys checking us out as we live stream on Facebook and also on YouTube. Um, hey, if you like this show, make sure you uh like and subscribe on YouTube as well as on your favorite uh podcast outlets. Uh, we do this for the love and the passion of it, and we are. Uh, big, big Atlanta sports fans, man. So we just get this out from a fan's perspective. We like to do what we do. Also, you can catch us on Twitter, the Leo G Show, the number one. Also, you can always catch me on Twitter, um, Southern Set with two Ts. Um, Banks, let everybody know where they can find you, man, before we close this thing out. You can go on to the Facebook and find me at Antoine Jarrell Banks, or you can go to Twitter or the gram at BabyBanks80. Derrico, let everybody know where they can find you, man. You can catch me on the Facebook at Stacy D. Derrico. You can find me on IG at Derrico underscore Virgo. You can catch me on the Twitter at VSU96SDD. And you can catch me on Snap at DJKRO6. All right. There's been another edition of Leo G Show. We'll be out.